Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is CW. Thank you for joining us on the Health Connect South Radio show. We appreciate you making us a part of your day today. A few days ago, I was hosting the Top Docs Radio Show, another show I've been doing now for coming up on three years. And I hosted a medical architect, if you will. They they focused a lot of their work on uh, the healthcare space. And we were talking about healthcare practice design with one of their architects, Louise Labus. And she said at the end of our interview, are you familiar with Skyland Trail? And I said, no. She said, well, I did some work on a project over there. They're really great. They've got some amazing stuff going on. You should have one of the folks from there come on your show. So I reached out and here I sit with Beth Finnerty. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? CEO over at Skyland Trail. Yes, I am. I'm doing great. I appreciate you swinging over. We're practically neighbors. You're not very far from us. That's right. For folks who are not familiar with Skyland Trail, what's it all about? Skyland Trail is a mental health treatment organization located here in Atlanta um, for adults who are 18 years and older, that's how we define it, uh, who suffer from mainly major depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, anxiety disorders. We are community-based, as I said, so we're not a hospital. We're not really outpatient therapy. We fit right in between. We offer a full continuum of community-based services, beginning at the most intensive level with uh, residential treatment and then rolling down to day treatment, vocational services to help people who are trying to get back into school or get a job in the community, A a whole array of services, the mission being to help these adults learn the skills necessary to return to their home communities to live productive and independent lives. And when you're when you're saying it's not a hospital, but it, or there's an inpatient component, is it voluntary, if you will? Because the hospital, I guess, sometimes is not. Or exactly. many times it's Many not. times it's not. But in this case, it is? It is voluntary. So that's a great question. Uh, hospitals can be Voluntary admissions are involuntary, but you're typically in a locked unit with a bedroom. Skyland Trail is a voluntary unit. Um, Our facilities are all unlocked, so people live in their own rooms, their own apartments. They have keys to their rooms. We obviously have a set of rules. We call it guidelines for successful living. So we really do, I think, an excellent job of screening adults coming in who want to come to Skyland Trail for services in terms of making sure that they um, are ready and willing to make positive, uh, effective changes in their lives. So someone might come straight to you instead of necessarily progressing. There's different levels, obviously, of involvement there. Absolutely, yeah. I would say the majority of our of our uh, the adults that we treat come directly from an inpatient psychiatric hospital, and this is really a step down toward independent living. But some of our adults also come from home. They may have been away at college and have uh, suffered um, some sort of uh, uh, first episode, um, and they may come to us from from college or from their own mental health provider in the community. How big of an issue is mental health? I think it's probably larger than many people realize. I think that's a great question. It is larger than many people realize. Skyland Trail has been around for 28 years, and I've been there for all those 28 years, and in that time period, I have seen the stigma that surrounds this topic of mental health and mental illness really be reduced. I think people are more willing to talk about mental health issues today, either in their family, themselves, a friend, a neighbor, a loved one. 
I think the statistics really uh, kind of point out, we, we know that one in four men and one in eight women suffer from depression at some point during their lifetime. 1% of the population suffers from schizophrenia, and that's a national, international statistic. And I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't have any sort of prejudice. It doesn't, doesn't discriminate on the basis of age or sex or socioeconomic status. I think we're all equally at risk to have some sort of a mental health issue in our, in our lives at some point. What do you think the value is of having the opportunity to be in an inpatient setting like that versus going to a therapist on a regular basis, mm-hmm. even if it's in a crisis period of time during the uh, you know course of my days? I went to a therapist for a period of time and, and I went sometimes two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. So when is it better for me to be hospitalized in, versus in, in, not, a, in yeah. a facility where I'm going to be there overnight. Hospitalization is typically used for people who might be a harm to themselves or to others. Um, the, you are typically hospitalized for a five to seven day length of time. And during that time period, as I said, you're in a locked unit. You're in a very structured program. Um, you have supervised visits outside. You aren't allowed to leave the facility on your own. Um, and so I think you really use an inpatient setting when you've had uh, a major incident that could cause harm to yourself or to, or to others. Um, after a short stay in a hospital where you are given medications and you stabilize on medications, you're then released to a less intensive environment like a Skyland Trail. So that's where we come in the picture. We're really that middleman between hospitalization and independent living, if you will, a halfway house for psychiatric patients. At that point, I think with, you know, many years ago, people were hospitalized for very long periods of time. Medications over the years have improved significantly. And we have shown and others have shown that people that do have a psychiatric illness can live independently in the community with the proper supports. So at Skyland Trail and over that four to six month period when they're with us and they're moving through our continuum, They will start out in a very structured environment, our residential program, which is where they live overnight. But they have a key to their room and they are allowed to leave at any time they want to leave. But most people, everyone that comes there knows that they're there for a certain period of time and they choose to stay there. So it is that voluntary thing that I told you. So so we're the next step in that that whole process of recovery, if you will. And we're really focused more on skill building, resilience building. We do a lot of therapy groups. We're talking about why people have had this issue in the first place. We talk about their mental health issue, what it means to have bipolar illness, what it means to have major depression, what kind of medications are you taking, and what does that mean for you, and why should you why you should continue to take those as prescribed by your psychiatrist. We talked about the fact before we went on the air today that people travel obviously from across the country, but even indeed internationally, what is it about Skyland Trail and your approach that is bringing people that far uh, to receive care here? I think for many, it starts with our outcomes. And and I think in the medical world, it's a much, much easier to measure outcomes. If you have a heart attack, you have heart surgery, you leave home and your heart is, your, your, your arteries are unclogged, so to speak. You break an arm, you have a cast, the, the bone is healed. Mental health treatment is 
harder to measure outcomes and how people improve with their brain. At Skyline Trail, we've been very intentional about measuring outcomes in our patients and how our patient, how our program has helped a patient from admission to discharge and even post-discharge. We are intentional about publishing those results on our website, which is www.skylandtrail.org. And I think that a lot of people go to our website, see the outcomes, and and realize this might be the place for them. We have great successes treating people who are very, have complex diagnoses. Um, gosh, close to 80% of the people coming into Skyland Trail have three or more co-occurring diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And we've had a great, we've had great success in treating those patients. I think we also have gotten a reputation for being a very holistic program. We treat not just the mind through our mental health treatment program. We have a full-time primary care clinic on site with professionals who are trained to understand not just the psychiatric side, but also the uh, the medical side. We have a nurse practitioner who has a certification in psychiatry. So we really understand the interaction between a psychiatric medication and a medication you might be taking for blood pressure or some other medical illness. We have a big pastoral counseling program, so we are teach, we're training and treating the spiritual side or addressing the spiritual side of our patients. So it's really mind, body, and spirit, which leads to great outcomes. I think thirdly, um, the clinical team, the staff that we have, have excellent credentials and provide excellent care. And then our facilities are beautiful and would invite you to come over and see our facilities, the grounds and the, and the campuses are very reflective of of what our board of directors and team really feel is important, which is to provide very respectful treatment spaces for the people that we're serving. When we're talking about some of these illnesses, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, you name the the, the behavioral and mental illness issue, is it typically a chemical imbalance in the brain? Is that what we're dealing with? Or, or is that, what, what is the underlying cause? In, is, it, is that a common thread? Is that, a, that there is some sort of a, uh, maybe a receptor chemical or, or a lack of receptors, whatever the case may be, that causes yeah. someone, someone to act differently than they would if that wasn't the case? Yes. Yes to all the above. Okay. It's many things. And I think that Researchers have long thought that there is a genetic component to a mental health issue. You see sometimes mental health issues running in families. Mm-hmm. There, 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 it, there are there is a, a lack of um, some sort of gene, and I think we're getting closer to identifying what that gene is, and maybe we'll we'll uh, have a cure for mental health issues at some point in the future. I think we're also understanding though that the environment also has a lot to do with mental health issues. And I think that there's a lot of researchers who are studying trauma at a very early age um, and noting that uh, trauma has a, a, a great effect on people later in life in terms of their mental health issues. I think that, you know, drugs play a role in terms of 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 causing somebody maybe to go into some sort of a, a mental health episode. We see a lot of young adults at campus, and I think that the drugs you're finding today are laced with a lot more dangerous kind of substances and chemicals than what they were 20 years ago. So if somebody has a predisposition for a mental health issue, I think there is there is thought that uh, using substances may cause a person to kind of revert into the, a mental health issue sooner than later. I think it's interesting as we're talking about it that at least in a number of those types of uh, mental health issues like 
bipolar mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, some of those schizophrenia, for example, a lot of those also come with a measure of therapy, sitting down with somebody, a professional and, and talking about different things. I think that's an intriguing element of it when as much as anything, there's a chemical component, but it, it, that side of it gives you the feeling that with some measure of increased awareness and mindfulness on the part of the individual that in at least to some capacity, there are certain things, I guess, around their illness that they can mitigate. Is, is mm-hmm. that, is that accurate? I mean, what's it, it, I think it's an interesting thing that, that we have to recruit the individual to actively mentally, if you will, per, kind of perpetuate their healing as well as maybe some medicine along with it. Exactly. You've got to be fully engaged in your treatment. And I think, uh, so full disclosure, I'm not a, right. a, a, a therapist or a physician, but, um, you know, mental health treatment is is hard. It is not just taking a medication and medications can certainly um, alleviate some of the symptoms of mental mental illness. It, it is also engaging in either individual therapy, group therapy, exercise is important, diet is important, being fully engaged in the process is very important. I think at Skyland Trail, it's a blend of all those. And I think one of the things that I have seen that has been uh, very helpful to a lot of the folks coming into Skyland Trail is the peer support that they experience there and also the connection they have with their therapist. But young adults supporting other young adults and more mature adults supporting young adults and sharing experiences all lends itself to the treatment process. And talking to one of our graduates yesterday, she communicated to me that she didn't really want to be there and she didn't say a word in group for the first month. And she said, "It's it, they, they let me sit there for the first two weeks and then they started to push me and my psychiatrist started to push me. And before you know it, I'm participating in groups and I'm talking and I'm getting gaining more insights into myself. Um, and I see new people coming in who are at the same place I was. And so there is a process to it all. And it really takes the full engagement of the individual in addition to the right medications. And that's a whole nother topic. I think it's maybe one of those facets of mental illness that makes it challenging for community members and significant others potentially to understand it as they should in that from my perspective, I can see where there would be a misperception that because of the fact that you need to be in therapy, you got to go have a professional help you deal with your problems, that, that on some level, it's almost a choice as much as it is, you know, just get over it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. That, I, I, that I, I can see where someone would have a hard time understanding. No, this isn't just much like addiction is the same way. It's not just somebody just choosing to make this choice or choosing to have their life be in this place and their reaction to their environment around it be in this way. It's that it's, it's the the chemical side and then trying to maybe form some other pathways where they interpret the information that they're getting. You're so right. And, and you look at somebody that has a mental illness and they look fine. And if you have a broken leg, you know that someone right. has a broken leg. Yeah. And I think that's been one of the hardest things for us as a community in general to overcome. And we see a lot of families that come in that aren't really understanding the struggles that their loved one is going through. And, you know, 25 years ago, we heard a lot of, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, they, they had a choice to be this way and and they don't. It is truly, as you said earlier, a chemical imbalance. It is people that suffer from major depression 
truly cannot find the strength to get out of bed and to participate in life and to be uh, a partner to a spouse or a mother to their children. So it is important for us as a community to understand mental health at a, at, a, at a larger level and what these people are experiencing. And I think what I've seen over the over 20 plus some odd years is people that are experiencing mental health issues are, be, are really willing to speak out more about their what they've experienced, what they've gone through, and um, what it's been like to suffer from a mental health issue and now to be on the other side. These are people you might be sitting next to at work. You might be living next door to your neighbor. And uh, it's just important to know that that they're just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> With the environment being as it is, almost like a, a community, if you will, a residential community, mm-hmm. um, how does the males and females and all of that component come into play? Because I know when you look at the addiction side of things and recovery process, obviously many, if not, I won't say most, but many, many of those facilities are going to be men and women together dealing with their issues. And I know that when they're going through that kind of a crisis, that they're vulnerable and available to Mm -hmm. potentially be distracted by just the normal man and woman kind of, or, you know, whatever, whatever a significant other it may be, but, but those types of forces could potentially come into play. How does that, how does that come in here in this kind of setting? Is it a, is it handled in any kind of way or is it just a community of individuals? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a community community of individuals. And I think, uh, so in our residential facilities, we, Men and it's a it's all private bedrooms, but people do live in a community, and it would be just sort of like a dormitory, if you will, private bedrooms and private baths. And I think that people are coming into treatment, and they are suffering from a mental health issue that brings them into Skyland Trail. You know, there that's really their major focus is their treatment, and I think it's good to be in an environment that's just like a normal environment. It's not an artificial environment mm-hmm. because they're going to leave Skyland Trail and yeah. go back to everyday living, and they need to develop coping skills, resiliency, and and you do that best when you're in an environment that mimics a real real life situation. Well, a couple of major things you you mentioned the fact that you had this major add-on to mm-hmm. your campus. Yes. Added 32 beds, I think you said. We added 32 beds. Uh, it's about a 35,000 square foot campus. It's uh, been built and dedicated solely for the treatment of young adults. And we define that as 18 to 25 year olds. So they are living in a campus together. We have a two-story residential wing and then a, a treatment wing. And it's been designed around their special needs, increased socialization needs, information technology needs, a lot of recreational um, opportunities for them. It's a, it's a, a beautiful new campus um, right at our main campus on North Trude Hills Road. I'm sure you, you mentioned the fact that for the last 19 years, you've been working on the gala, one of your big events that you yes. utilize to do two things. One, generate awareness, obviously, in, in the community and have that many more people experience what Skyland Trails is all about, but then also obviously seeking financial support to be able to provide these services and, and indeed extend the campus as you have. Talk a little bit about your 
your efforts for financial resources. I know that's a, an important component and, 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 you know, brag a little bit. You had a Abs- pretty, very successful event recently. We did. We, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did have our, uh, it's called Benefits of Laughter. It's our signature event we hold annually here in Atlanta at the St. Regis. And it's a fun event with a comedian. This year, we had a comedy troupe called the Capitol Steps, which was very appropriate for a political I've election I've seen them. Year. They are hilarious. Well, it was a sellout crowd and we raised uh, $815,000 for financial aid and other programs at Skyland Trail. So we do raise money through our events for our financial aid program. Um, so we have a blend of insurance payments, financial aid, private pay that all comes together to help a, a person um, be able to come to Skyland Trail. And the financial aid program is very important to really extend someone's stay at Skyland Trail because its insurance is difficult. The Atlanta community has come out in a very large way to support Skyland Trail over our 20-some-odd years in service. And we have raised, we've had four capital campaigns and have raised close to $50 million. And we have no debt on our facility. So it's been mm. a it's been a, a great, um, the Atlanta community has been very kind to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to partnerships or or other resources, collaborations, do you have things that you sit around talking about we wish we could partner with or wish some sort of resource would come along, whatever that might be? Do you have things outside of funding, which is obviously an ongoing an need? An important need. You know, um, we always have a need for volunteers to come to Skyland Trail and work with our clients in terms of art classes, exercise classes, yoga classes. We have a huge horticultural therapy program. We have a lot of volunteers that come in and work with our clients in the gardens or in flower arranging. We are constantly looking for little special needs. One of our special needs that we have identified recently is a golf cart. Uh, <laughs> our campus has expanded, and we uh, didn't anticipate uh, the need for a golf cart to move people's luggage to the new campus to give tours. So if anyone has a golf cart they want to donate, we would certainly appreciate that. You, you never know. We might just run into somebody right? that says, you know what, I have one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when, you, when you look at mental health and and the community's understanding of it. Before I let you get back to your office for the afternoon, do you have a thing or two that you really wish that the community would, you know, better understand about what we're talking about when we're thinking about mental illness and and these types of challenges that folks are dealing with? You know, we talked about it very briefly earlier, and I think that what our communities can do and what employers can do is, is, get more educated about mental health issues, particularly in the workforce. And uh, there's been some studies done that people in business, if they have a mental health issue, never want to disclose it because they feel like they'll be stigmatized and they may lose their job. We do um, a lot of education at companies around Atlanta. Our chief medical officer, officer is out speaking at companies about mental health in the workplace. We also offer uh, an education session at Skyland Trail called Food for Thought. It's a quarterly kind of a lunch and learn that we offer to the community at large. It's free. And at that time, we talk about mental health in general, prevalent statistics, causes, um, and what folks can do to better educate themselves even beyond that about mental health issues. So um, uh, would welcome folks that listen to the show to, to give me a call and uh, uh, sign up for an education session. Talk about the website again. Uh, www.skylandtrail.org. Final thoughts for 
wrap for the afternoon? Well, we really appreciate being on here to talk more about mental health issues. This is a subject that needs to get a lot more airplay and across our city and appreciate being invited to come. Well, I've certainly enjoyed having Beth Finnerty here. She's president and CEO of Skyland Trail. As uh, Beth was talking about, get over onto the website, check out the facilities that they have. It turns out uh, that I go to uh, some some uh, meetings over there by their campus. And I didn't even realize it was there. So I'm going to have to make a point to stop by and see the campus. We'd love that. We would and love that. see more uh, about what you're doing over there so I can talk better about it to folks as they come along. Uh, you, you talked about the fact that you have some, uh, some acquaintances who've referred people to you. So mm-hmm. I'll be happy to learn more so that I can do so as well, both here uh, and in my personal life. If you're coming back and you've not done so already, on the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the Health Connect South Radio Show podcast lives. And you can subscribe to us. And that way, each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded straight to your device, ready for you to check it out when it's convenient for you. And we hope you turn around and share this information. Just click share, put it out on Facebook, put it out on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. You may just be putting information in the hands of somebody who really needs it and it makes a big difference for them. So we'll say thanks in advance for everybody who goes to the trouble of clicking share. Beth, I really have enjoyed meeting you and uh, learning about what you're doing there. And uh, I look forward to coming by and and seeing the place in person. Well, thank you so much for having me on this afternoon. Well, I've enjoyed it and uh, say thanks so much to the folks at Health Connect South. They've been great partners. Really appreciate Russ and all the folks over there. We look forward to catching up with you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. <laughs>